The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest creeps, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. are listening to The Big Scary Show. I'm Adam from Zombie Army Productions, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Chris Crum at EvilFireLizard.com, and this is The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> And you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> this is Dave Schonk with Closed Casket Studios, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Kevin Cook from Missing Finger Productions, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Scott Bainey, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Big Scary Show, episode 251. I am your special guest host, Der Krampus. Yes, it is indeed my favorite time of year when I get out to punish all the naughty children out there. Ha 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 I love it. All the haunted houses out there are talking about me and nothing is better than talking about the Krampus. Unless it is some of the hosts of the Big Scary Show, such as Storm ranting in a haunt minute as he normally does. Or Meat Hook Jim, who has lately been drinking his way between the corpses. Badger is reading all the deadline news, including lots of news about me. <laughs> we have a visit from the old crone. Wonder what she's talking about. And of course, we have some delightfully spooky holiday music in order to keep those holiday smiles or screams going. Ha 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 We have a gruesome giveaway for the month of December, and so much more, including a roundtable about, who else? De Krampus! 
we bring in Alan Hops from Dark Hour Haunted House down in Dallas, Texas area. And he is talking about me and all things me. It is a delightful conversation, one of my absolute favorites, because I love hearing about me. So tune in, don't be too scared, and you better hide your naughty children, because episode 251 of The Big Scary Show is all about De Krampus. I'll be watching. <laughs> The girls in night school have one thing in common. They're all ending up dead. You can run, you can hide, you can scream, but it doesn't take an education to know when someone wants to kill you. Night school. Prepare for a lesson in terror. Night school. Rated R. Under 17. Not admitted without parent. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Midnight Syndicate. Little Helpers on the Big Scary Show.
Hello everybody, this is Drew Badger and this is Deadline News for episode 251. And we're going to start out with an update to Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actress Scout Taylor Compton to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta, happening February 25th through the 22nd at the Sheraton Atlanta Hotel. Scout is best known for her portrayal of Laurie Strode in Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2, as well as for playing Lita Ford in the film The Runaways. She's also appeared in other films like Wicked Little Things, An American Crime, and Ghost House. Get tickets and more information at daysofthedead.com. We have this news from the Chucky franchise via iHorror.com. In a recent interview with ComicBook.com, creator Don Mancini dropped the possibility of a crazy path for Chucky's future. This extends to crossovers and outside-the-box world-building. Namely, there is a possibility that Chucky might be headed to... Outer Space. Jason did it, Pinhead did it, Leprechaun did it, and it's a trend in franchises that usually occurs post-Shark Jump. Quote, I think as a character he's versatile versatile enough and appealing enough and interesting enough that he could probably go anywhere even into outer space mancini told comicbook.com which is one thing i think once i jokingly said something about sending chucky into space although i do think it would be a fun movie i think x goes to space is usually a barometer for jumping the shark but i mean who wouldn't want to see chucky in a little spacesuit with a helmet sort of like floating Chucky is currently airing on Tuesdays on the Sci-Fi Network. We have this from the No Da Krampus Crawl in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're starting December 11th at Canvas Tattoo again this year, 3012 North Davidson Street, just north of Uptown. The Krampus releases at 6 p.m. We'll hit the YMCA tree for a photo before going wild in the North Davidson District. Beagles will have bands starting at 6.30, including Ultra Lush, Plastic Flamingos, Evergone, and then Hypnostic will close. There's face painting by the Get Dead crew at Canvas until 6.30, and then at the company store until about 7.30 for an hour. We're checking with businesses with outdoor areas for a safe Krampus crawl, but individual Krampuses, or is it Krampi, are welcome to go where they are invited. Some businesses prefer us to stay outside. For more information, visit their Facebook page, facebook.com slash groups slash noda, N-O-D-A, Krampus Crawl. Crawl is with a K. We have this from the Higby Horror Haunt in Modesto, California. Our holiday haunt returns this year. Krampus has taken over Higby Hollow and brought with him his minions and other evil Christmas spirits. Crinkles has some tasty holiday treats for the season. The toy maker has taken over the doll factory and is making his toy creations for all the children. Krampus and his helpers have invaded the Santa's Village and meet and greet. December 10th and 11th only from 7 to 10 p.m. Get more information at facebook.com slash Higby Horror Haunt. We have this from the Black Orchid Haunted House in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Something has gone terribly wrong inside Santa's toy factory. Christmas won't be quite the same it looks like. Join us December 10th and 11th starting at 7 p.m. for a Christmas horror experience presented by Black Orchid Haunted House. 
Get more information at blackorchidhaunt.com. We have this from Season Screamings coming to Pasadena, California. From the organizers of Midsummer Scream comes a horror convention right in the middle of that other holiday season. At Season Screams, you'll find scores of spooky stocking stuffers, wandering evil elves, and other monsters taking a break from winter hibernation and other not-so-nice surprises. There will be over 200 dark vendors, spooky photo ops, and attractions, the Hall of Yuletide Spirits, and special guests including Zach Galligan from everyone's favorite Christmas movie, Gremlins, and Butch Patrick from The Monsters. Happening December 17th through the 19th at the Pasadena Convention Center, get more details at midsummerscreen.org slash seasons-screamings, or you can listen to an interview with the organizer on last week's Big Scary News. We have this from the Castle of Chaos in Midvale, Utah. Mark your calendar for December 11th. The Castle of Chaos and Krampus 801 are proud and excited to present a Krampus Night. We are thrilled to announce that we have partnered with the Make-A-Wish of Utah and will be raising proceeds in hopes of helping grant wishes for children who may be dealing with critical illness. Come and enjoy the haunted house with a festive yet spooky element. Come meet Krampus and the rest of his holiday creatures for a photo op, all for a good cause. Proceeds from ticket sales will be going to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Get your tickets online in advance at castleofchaos.com. And finally, we have this news on some horror-themed shoes just in time for Christmas via bloodydisgusting.com. Several companies have been releasing awesome horror-themed sneakers in recent years, and up next is a pair of Gremlins kicks from Akito Footwear and Warner Brothers. The limited edition high-top sneakers feature the iconic original poster art for the 1984 holiday horror classic with Gizmo and Stripe bursting out of a Christmas package. Akito's press release explains, fans of the 1984 Gremlins movie can get their hands on limited edition high-top sneakers thanks to a partnership between Akito and Warner Brothers. Launching exclusively in the U.S., the wearable movie memorabilia is covered in nostalgia thanks to the use of iconic movie artwork and clever design. With the contrast between the dark material and the ominous appearance of Stripe, these sneakers are a real must-have for any fans of the comedy horror. But don't worry, you can get these wet, you can expose them to light, and you can most definitely wear them after midnight. The new and official Gremlins footwear will be available to, for purchase through Zavi.com. That's Z-A-V-V-I dot com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you've been listening closely to the show because it is time for the December Gruesome Giveaway, sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. It is that time for your holiday shopping, folks, so make sure you get over to ScreamlineStudios.com and pick out all the cool gifts for all your haunt friends. Or you could win a prize right now. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. 
Send us an email with your name and your phone number and the answer to contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight on December 13th. That's a good number to remember. And you could be randomly selected as the winner. Without further ado, the question for the December gruesome giveaway is... During Deadline News, I mentioned something about the Chucky franchise that creator Don Mancini mentioned. He says he there is a possibility that Chucky might head to a very unusual place in a future film. Where is that very unusual place? If you think you know the answer, email it to us, contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight on December 13th, and we will randomly select somebody, and you could be a winner just in time for the holidays. Previous winners and family members of the Big Scary Show not eligible to win. Good luck, and keep listening. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth, this is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so we're on the big topic of Krampus this episode. You know, one of my favorite shows of the year, The Big Talk with Krampus. And, you know, he's been a subject for us and for haunting for almost a decade now, probably probably longer he's been building up the steam and you're seeing him more and you're seeing you know the take your picture with Krampus and and you know more Krampus events and more Krampus walks and being part of outdoor uh, uh, fairs and craft fairs and stuff at this time of year but we need to take that extra step if, if we're going to have Krampus become something bigger he's got to absolutely hit the next level of branding and and he's got to go the full Santa route which means a big corporate sponsorship that's right that's what Krampus needs right now is a big corporate sponsorship and sure you might be thinking oh a beer or something might be good but there you know a lot of micro brews and stuff to have Krampus ales out there and fun things like this but no you got to go hip you got to go young you got to go something popular I'm thinking either TikTok or the Nintendo Switch. Yes, that's what needs to pick up Krampus as your winter holiday sponsorship, your spokesman for it. I think either could work. I mean, you know, you see on the old postcards and stuff, the Krampus doing that weird one-footed hop thing with, you know, the thing on his back and his claws all... that. that that's like a, a TikTok dance. That would work. And, you know, the Nintendo Switch, a Switch of Sticks... Taking things from bad kids, that's right. If you're acting up this year, the Krampus is going to take your Nintendo Switch. I mean, it's marketable. It can get things out there. Imagine the advertising stuff with it. 
So that's it. You know, I'm sorry to say, we, we, we all love the Krampus, and it's a fun thing, but if we're going to hit that next level, if we're going to get as big as, like, Santa Claus, we gotta have Krampus get out there, brand himself, and get a corporate sponsorship. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to December, the season of joyful giving presents and all that great stuff, and of course, Krampus. You know, if you haven't been living under a rock for the last, oh, decade or so, you'll know that Krampus has taken a major foothold in the United States, not only as a mystical, mythical creature of lore and things with movies and TV shows, but also in the haunted attractions industry. A lot of haunts do Christmas events and off-season events, but a lot of them have also started moving into Krampus-related events instead of their Christmas event, or as a bonus to. Krampus societies are springing up all over the country, from Seattle to Texas to Pennsylvania to North Carolina, and everywhere in between, it seems. Everybody loves Krampus. And for those people who aren't really that familiar with them, well, if you don't have an old German grandmother or Austrian grandmother to explain it to you, maybe our guest tonight can. You know, it is a mythical creature from Germanic folklore, and who better to talk about Krampus and its role in haunted houses than our good friend, Mr. Alan Hops, who's down in the Dallas, Texas area, runs Dark Hour Haunted Attraction, which is not doing a Christmas event this year, but they are doing something involving Krampus. We will certainly get into that. Alan, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I am doing excellent. Um, we were coming off of a great haunt season at Dark Hour, and uh, as always, uh, my my business, Stiltby Studios, and, and what I do, we are uh, galloping towards the, uh, the Christmas holiday with uh, lots of orders for different Christmas monsters. Fantastic. And speaking of Christmas monsters, let's introduce our host for today, tonight. First of all, up in Rhode Island, we have Storm. This is like my favorite night for the show because it's like a holiday special. I love talking Krampus. Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. You know, uh, I enjoyed talking about Krampus too, but I wish I was still in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have things called moving vans. Anyway, <laughs> in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have Jana, a.k.a. The Old Crone. How are you? I am doing well. Glad to have you back visiting us again for this roundtable. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Alan, before we really get into Krampus, let's talk about Dark Hour. You said it was a good season. 
how how did you guys do? I mean, it's year season two of the pandemic, and you know, how did you guys adapt and all that good stuff? And and how was the season overall? Uh, we did not open last year. We did not open right. in 2020. Um, we we didn't think we could do it safely uh, in 2021. Well, yeah, we came back with a vengeance. And um, we did kind of a big redesign inside the show, uh, added a bunch of stuff. It was, we got the gift of time, you know, um, because we weren't, you know, recovering and reeling from, a, from another haunt season. So every haunter, what do they want more of? It's time. Well, with having a season off, we got it. And that allowed us to make a spectacular show uh, for this year. And uh, people came. Uh, it was our busiest season to date. Um, really really exciting as far as how many folks showed up and hoping that trend continues and that, uh, just able to keep doing fun shows. Very nice. Um, dark hour is known for having multiple shows during the year. I believe the highest number you were doing it at once per year was eight. I think we, we did start out by doing eight shows a year. We did that for five years and then we kind of started waning them down. And then mm-hmm. of course the, the COVID year and the whole pandemic, um, it really hurt. So uh, we weren't open for a long time. And, and this year, just to to kind of clear our heads, I didn't want any kind of uncertainty. We made the decision that we were just going to do October uh, in 2021. So we did that. And then we'll do October again next year. And then next year, we'll bring back our uh, holiday show, and then our uh, our February show. So we'll bring back two of the off-season shows next year. But okay. we're still feeling this whole pandemic situation out. You know, things change every day, and you learn about a new variant. And, uh, you know, let's, let's see where it goes. But I want to safely and cautiously continue scaring the crap out of people. Absolutely. And, and one thing that does continue to scare the crap out of people, at least for the last few years, is, as we mentioned, Dirk Krampus, who is a very popular, legendary, half-goat, half-man-esque type thing that's somehow related to St. Nicholas, or maybe not, depending on who you talk to. But we've we've bring you in every couple of years to kind of talk about this. Um, what is the Krampus, or Dirk Krampus, as they would say? And why do you think it has really caught on in the last decade? I mean, you know, 10 years ago, you might have heard of one or two little bits and pieces mentioned here and there. But if you've heard the news on this show, there's a lot of Krampus haunts opening up this year and for the last few years. So the the gist of what Krampus is, Krampus is a dark Christmas spirit. He's a dark Christmas being just like Santa is a jolly or happy or positive or good Christmas being. Um, th- this is, it's the spooky side of December. And actually it takes place kind of normally way before Christmas. It's December 5th um, is Krampus knocked. And that is when Krampus will come down from the mountains. He'll come into the village and they'll run through the city streets and they have these big Krampus knocked festivals. And, Parents will bring their kids. It's like a parade. And as Krampus comes by, if your kid is bad, you will shove him into the street so that Krampus can hit him with sticks. Uh, he has a bundle of sticks called a rootin. And, you know, and they're hairy looking and they have horns and, and fangs. They're just 
super awesome, scary looking monsters that pop up around holiday time. And I think it's the perfect blend of timing because I think most haunters need a little bit of a rest through November. And then early December, people are assaulting you with Christmas. And I think that a lot of people don't feel like Christmas is their holiday. Like Halloween is my holiday, you know, and I I think having something dark and a little bit of Halloween in that time period to latch on to, I think that's why it's popping up. And let's face it, kids are bad. So, and (laughs) no longer are we allowed to beat our kids. Now we have to fantasize about monsters beating our kids. I have two that are turning 18 in February. So surly and mouthy teenagers, they may be, you know, maybe it would be good to have somebody come down from the mountains, stuff them in a basket and carry them off to a cave to be devoured later. That might teach them to clean their rooms, but, but I digress. But, um, you know, how is, um, how has he really incorporated himself into the haunted house thing? I mean, you know, I've seen Christmas haunts over the past few years with, evil elves and ferocious frosty the snowman and you know scary santa but you know krampus seems to really be taking over a lot of christmas haunts if if you look if you look back at old uh christmas and holiday advertising um a lot of santa claus was was you know old saint nick it was old father christmas And then in the 50s, Coca-Cola kind of branded Santa Claus to sell their product like he wears red. And, you know, they very much refined his look. And that gave a marketing icon for all kinds of things. And Santa is that face of Christmas. So I think that haunted houses really feel that they need a face of their event that isn't Santa. It's too much work to change his branding and then apologize to kids and angry moms if you have the hack up Santa. Like, I don't know too many haunts that lead with, I'm going to hack you up Santa. You know, there's some out there, of course. Um, but having Krampus as a, it's, it's an icon. It is it is a, a single figure that has a bunch of different looks and you can kind of tweak it to what your show you know, is going to, produce and provide for people into your customer experience but it's it's one figure that you can market and wrap your advertising and stuff around and it's just a fun character absolutely Uh, when when we were first doing all of the shows with uh with dark hour ed gannon was working with me and now he's he's up north again um and one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was in October, all that you have to do is, you know, open your haunted house and tell them to come to your haunted house because people know to go to a haunted house. And at that time, nine years ago, um, at Christmas, it was you had to convince people that it was OK to go to a haunted house during Christmas and then convince them to come to yours. But I think we're getting to a saturation point where all we have to do now is convince them to come to ours. Because I, I think people just expect haunts to be open during um, the the seasonal winter holidays. Can't argue with that. I've did seen, I answer you know, the question, or did it just trail off into random talking? I don't know. We we expect that from you sometimes, sir. You know, <laughs> but but we enjoy that. Um, I, I do know, living in the shall I say Bible Belt, that there are an awful lot of people around here who 
let's just say have a slightly negative reaction towards haunted houses in general and let alone a Christmas event because Christmas is not only about Santa around here, if you know what I mean. So, you know, it may be a little harder to latch on in certain areas of the country, but there are other areas of the country where this has just been completely embraced. And you see things like Krampus societies popping up. In fact, you've got one in Dallas as that looks big from pictures that I've seen. I know Storm has attended one in New England, and I don't know if Jim has been to one. I know there's Krampuslav Zinzinati in Cincinnati, and there's there's even one in Charlotte. It's it's a lot smaller, but uh, there are you know, Krampus you- events and parades kind of all over the country. Um, that is something that is sort of picking back up, and again, it's a it's a chance to get together. Um, it's a we're sort of adding that holiday back in. A lot of people don't know this, but Krampus was almost killed um, by Hitler. Uh, the Nazis actually outlawed the celebration of Krampusnacht and several other what they deemed as you know pagan holidays, and it was largely uncelebrated from the uh, 30s up until you know the 60s and 70s. It started picking back up. And it's, it took a long time for it to gain it a little bit of its steam back, but we're, you know, obviously we're seeing it still growing. It, it's, it's left the Alps, you know, every, every country that touches the Alps mountain chain uh, has some version of Krampus and, but it has left that now and now it's in America and now there's Krampus events in Australia that I know about. Um, I'm the moderator on the Krampus society Facebook page and we have Krampus, uh, events that are you know all over the country we don't produce the event but they they advertise them through our page and such oh very nice storm when you went to the uh krampus new england event a couple of years ago how how was that and have you been to one since um they've actually had trouble finding a place for it too um krampus isn't as popular up here i mean you know Every Hallmark thing with Christmas, it's a New England winter and ah, this and, you know, farmlands and, and light festivals are some of the bigger things. The haunts haven't latched on to it too much up here because, you know, a large percentage of the major haunts here are all outdoor. Uh, so they don't really open off season, especially in the middle of winter. So places that do do something for Christmas, it's just a light show. Or if you're indoor haunt, they do a neat thing. Um, well, so the- Fright, Fright Kingdom does one. Yes. Uh, Fright Kingdom up there, they have a, they don't have a, a Krampus event per se, but they do have several Krampus and photos with Krampus at their show. Yes, and they'll do some of the local parades with it too, and they're one one of the few exceptions in the area, uh, especially being a, a good established indoor attraction. Uh, don't know how much of that will change in years to come, but yeah, like this year, um, you know, I've been looking in the New England Krampus Society. Really didn't have any place to have the event. They've had times when they've tried to do it and it gets canceled because some of the uh, clubs or halls that would host it. Um, you know, get some complaints by the membership, you know, oh, you're having this, you know, demon demonic figure for Christmas coming in. So there's still a foothold for, you know, uh, the traditional view of Christmas, which uh, pushes out some of the Krampus fence. But we've had the Krampus walk and, and it's been really neat, you know, almost like a pub crawl. We go into a couple of them on the way and uh, a lot of people ask what's going on with it. 
and uh, just a lot of fun. And, and the groups involved with it are just phenomenal. And, you know, every single fear that any of these places have, which they wouldn't want to have it, is the exact opposite of what it is. I, I missed the last one they had, and they had a live goat. Somebody brought their pet goat to the Krampus knot. And I'm like, oh, my God, that would have been fantastic. But I had another event that night. But, um, no, COVID last year is real tough, and this year is just trying to find a venue. I don't think they've found anything for this weekend. But they'd have the carols and everything, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, you see the imagery and some of the history with it, but it hasn't really taken a big effect to be an event up here yet. I think it is very much in its early stages. And I think mm-hmm. the easiest fit for it is like you said, a pub crawl. And, uh, we had mm-hmm. a, uh, a Dallas event that was uh, organized by Dan Baker. Uh, and he started Krampus society. Um, and, uh, him and his team, uh, it did some really good stuff with it, but it was a bar crawl. It, it was very much, it started at a bar, it ended at a bar. Um, it, it, we, the street wasn't shut down for the parade. Um, and there are just some differences in the event to what I fell in love years ago with the Krampus knocked parades and festivals that I saw over in Europe. You know, there are some amazing videos on YouTube of just, you know, them going through the streets and there's fire and, you know, and there's troops of Krampus and, you know, there's, there's 10 Krampus who all look one certain way. They're all, you know, white fur and big horns. There's others with small fur and black horns and red skin. I mean, and they just, they look different. And just that almost tribal identity where each group is really has their own identity, identity inside of what a Krampus festival is. It was just it was just wonderful to see. And what a spectacle because they have snow coming down and there's fire on all their floats, you know, and they're they're pushing kids in cages. It's just it's crazy. And uh, and it's, it's beautiful. Um, it, it's what, what a magical event it looks like. And that's what I want. And, uh, and what I think it's sneaking in with here uh, is the independent artists. It's starting to become more of a thing with, you know, you're. Christmas craft bazaars and stuff. You're starting to see Krampus sneaking in some of those, some of the big art events, uh, a couple of the places where that last minute Christmas shopping, I've seen some really neat Krampus stuff, especially by one of my favorite local artists up here. Uh, she posted some neat stuff that she's got some Krampus decorations uh, for this year that I'm going to have to check out and go grab one before they're gone. Uh, so it is, it is coming in with the art and that type of things. And that's the neatest thing because there isn't just one Krampus. It, there's, there's multiple. That's why it works on so many levels. An event like this, you have your image of Krampus and it shows up. You have a haunt. You can have more than one and, and each one can be a little different because that's what it's supposed to be, which is one of the neat things with it and why I think it's taken off a little bit more than people might have expected it would. It's not just this, you know, cult falling, you know, sort of event. You know, we're we're not at elf on the shelf levels, but uh, you know, starting to get there. Absolutely. There's there's a lot of even within the Krampus fandom, there's a lot of different feelings and ideas of what is a Krampus. And Krampus, he kind of used to be a little bit hard to do costume wise because if you look at the festivals they have, you know, in Germany or France or whatever, you know, they uh they they're they're almost full hair 
they're very hairy Krampus. Um, and you know, full hair costumes aren't that huge over here. And then the Krampus movie came out. I think that came out in 2014. That's my guess. 15, I believe. Uh, 2015. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah, that came out in 2015 and, uh, that reestablished a new look for Krampus. It was the first time that I had ever seen him in a robe and he looked like, you know, a little bit like father Christmas and a little bit like this terrible, hideous goat demon, but it was a really neat look. And I think a lot of folks said, I can do that. I I can, I can do that. You know, horns coming out of a hood and a robe and, and I, I, it's really, it's kind of Americanized the look. So now there's like the American style Krampus that has the robe on. And then there's the wild man, crazy European Krampus, which I kind of prefer the, the European style, but, um, and, and then there are people who they really love the from the Christmas uh, greeting cards and postcards of the uh, 40s and 50s, where he's in a suit and he's trying to seduce the ladies. And he has, you know, one cloven hoof and one regular foot. And but and that's a completely different look, much shorter horns, a little more devil looking in the face. Um, there's a lot of options cool ways to, to celebrate Krampus. Yeah. I love the fact that, you know, you go to a Christmas parade, there's one Santa Claus, but when you go to a Krampus Lauf, there are literally dozens, if not more. And so. there's also one, one Santa Claus, uh, because at the end of a Krampus parade, um, you are supposed to have for it to be correct. You have Santa at the very end and he's pushing all the Krampuses out. It's like your time is done and now I'm coming through. And that's why Santa only gives presents to good kids. All the bad kids were already taken away by Krampus. So by the time he gets in, you know, Krampus has done the dirty work and cleaned him up. I kind of like the idea of the robe because it helps to me anyhow, it visually helps me see that this is the opposite. This is the other side of the coin of Santa Claus because that robe kind of ties the two characters together. Um, Absolutely. And visually that was a brilliant thing that they did in the movie that I had not really seen before that uh, because you're right. It makes him look like a Christmas character. Whereas before he's just a wild, hairy demon <laughs> and you know, it, it's, it's a wild monster, you know, a were goat. What the heck is that? So let me ask you this. Have you heard of any issues with, um, with haunted attractions using a Krampus in just the regular city Christmas parades? Or have you heard anyone kind of like, no, we don't want that. Um, You're always going to have some of that. You're always going to have some, some groups say, no, you can't do whatever it is. Um, We've been turned away a couple times of getting into a city, a a city's parade for just regular Halloween characters that we want to, you know, bring our, our calmer characters and do their 4th of July parade or do their um, Christmas parade, you know, just in order a little bit of advertisement for the haunt. And they just turn us down because we're a haunted house. Uh, that That's going to happen. Um, but minds are opening and things are changing. And uh, we're actually having an issue here where parades are kind of, we're having fewer and fewer parades because they were all put on by like Lions Clubs and Rotary Clubs. And their memberships are just plummeting. So, you know, the, the people who, who have done it in the past, they don't have enough manpower to do the parades. Uh, so 
even then, you know, you have an option. Is that something that you want to take over? So, and that might be what we do down, you know, in, in time is we just take over a parade that a city is no longer having one. We do a that's Christmas actually, parade and we just allow Krampuses in there. That's actually even a trend I noticed um, in some of the news articles uh, this October, some fall festivals and that type of thing, just membership and the volunteers and the people who would organize it throughout the year is just non-existent right now for some of these organizations. Yeah, this is a, there, there's a, a manpower shortage and that's kind of affecting all things. Um, and I think we're going to see how that shakes out. I think, um, here I go with my opinions again. I, I think that the, the new economy and the new rich is going to be happiness because we've ignored it for so long. And I, I think that as people are just grasping and trying to find anything to give them some freaking dopamine, you know, and, and, and to make them feel good in what is a very depressed news cycle. You know, it used to be the news would, would depress you every day at 5 p.m. and at 11 p.m. Now it's 24 hours on, on any channel you want, you know, along with social media, where you get everybody's opinions about news. Um, it, it, it's made the, the world and media a very depressing thing. And I think that the happiness being, you know, the, the new commodity, that that's the new rich. It's what you're doing making you happy. And I think that we're going to see things, big changes, as people figure that out. I want to remind you, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show with our very special guest, Alan Hops from Dark Hour Haunted House. We are talking Krampus. We're going to take a very short break, and we will be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror. We are talking Krampus and all his evil minions and spooky things to celebrate the upcoming large holiday season that is pretty much the entire month of December. And, uh, Alan, I know we've been talking Krampus for a while, but there are others traditions that are kind of spooky and scary from that same region and other areas in Europe. What can you tell us about some of the others, the Frau Perstas, the Mari Winds, the Yule Cat, and, and those kind of things? And have you seen haunted houses or other attractions incorporate those into their shows? Uh, many haunted attractions are going into their fifth, sixth year of doing uh, dark holiday shows or dark winter shows. And yes, they're reaching out They're I'm, I'm not saying they're already tired of Krampus, but you know, they, we always need the next new thing. You know, what's the next thing that I can get a picture of. And they're reaching out to Gryla, the Yule lads and uh, all of these other fun Christmas monsters. And there's so many. Um, so Krampus, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Krampus while talking about these other things too. Um, 
part of what Krampus is is it is a it, it's a it's a tale to keep kids safe. It's a nursery bogey um, because the the teeth of Krampus are the icicles of winter, and the horns of Krampus are the peaks of the mountains, and winter in medieval times and renaissance times was not a kind time so it it's it's as much be afraid of nature and be careful of nature do your chores so that you have food stocked for the winter or else the winter will kill you um all of that is true and because of that climate i think that parents got just like haunts in their fifth and sixth year, I want to reach out and they want to get, you know, a new monster, a new creature to add into a scene or whatever. Parents kept adding monsters and they kept adding things as, as they talked to their kids. And, um, you know, they find out, well, you know, that, that monster that you said lived in that cave isn't real because people go in that cave all the time. Oh, well, what about this one? You know, uh, and there, there's just so many, there, there's such a rich lore of those, the people who lived around the Alps and how their relationship with the mountains and winter made scaring their kids a survival tactic. So there are tons of them. Um, so this, I, my favorite that is not Krampus is, um, Pierre Fatard, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, he is obviously French, um, and he was a uh, in like a documented serial killer. And he killed children, but the stories of him are Saint Nicholas was going around, and and you know uh, he he would travel through the towns and talk to kids and children, and there were there were three missing boys and the, the uh, police at the time. And this is, you know, I, I think 16, early 1700s. Uh, the, the police at the time didn't know where the boys were. And Pierre Fatard was a baker and uh, he killed kids and ate them. So Santa comes into his bakery shop and he says, do you know where the missing little boys are? And Santa can tell when you're lying. So Santa knew that he was lying. And uh, Santa said, I think the little boys are here. And he said, well, they're, they're not here now. I could tell you that because he had already you know, chopped them up and cooked them. Um, and Santa said, little boys, please stand up. And the gingerbread men cookies stood up because he had put them in the cookie batter. And that is why gingerbread cookies are, are scary kind of things. They're, uh, they're, they're mock children. They're, they're children who didn't make it. And Pierre Fatard travels around with Santa and he punishes kids. To me, that's like a dream job for him. I don't know why that's a punishment, but he travels with Santa and, you know, punishes bad children uh, as one of the many characters to do that. There's Hans Tropp. Uh, there's just so many. Um, some areas, uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch have carried over Bell Snickles. I also love Bell Snickles. I think they showed up in the office, and that's why anybody knows what they are. But uh, there's so many cool other monsters, and we're just scratching the surface of, of what's out there for the holiday season. 
um, off the air, we were talking about Krampus events and everything. And I think Jonna had a question about that. Yeah, I was wondering um, what would be the best way to start um, a Krampus event in your area? If not, if not doing a haunt, but start something like a Krampus crawl or something. Well, uh, we're actually in that position where we had a bar crawl in the Dallas area. Um, and that did not happen to, you know, the past uh, last year because the pandemic obviously changed everything. Um, so we're kind of starting fresh and we're not doing a bar crawl aspect. The easiest way is probably to organize a Krampus bar crawl and encourage costumes. That's probably the easiest way to get 50 or 60 people to show up. And, you know, then you talk to the bar owners and, you know, get, get them around. And, and when you do events like that, sometimes the, the, the bars, because monetizing this is what's difficult. Sometimes the bars will give you a kickback of sales from your group. You know, if, if they know you're here for that, you can get, you know, 5%. And 5% of a bar tab can be kind of significant if you know the haunters that I know. Um, and, but along with that, aside from that, I did not want to go the bar crawl route. So we are doing a dark winter market where we know crafty people. I can fill 10 to 15 booths pretty easy and I can charge not a booth or table fee, but just 10% of sales. So, you know, I get 10% of whatever you're selling craft wise and someone is, is going to be making, you know, spooky, dark themed Christmas stockings. Uh, someone is doing ornaments that they're selling. You know, you have, we have crafty friends. We're haunters. We, we do this kind of stuff. Um, I'll have a table there and I'll sell uh, Krampus masks, you know, because I make Krampus masks. And I, I just think it's something that people want. And that's a way to monetize an event. At that event, we're doing a um, Krampus costume contest and a dark winter fairy costume contest. So that that adds a female element, you know, to it, which uh, Krampus kind of needed a female touch a little bit. You know, the, the, the hairy monsters are a little bit on the masculine side most of the time. Uh, but being able to add in dark winter fairies, which are also terrifying, I might add, uh, if, if you you know read any kind of fairy lore, um, fairies are terrifying, especially the, the the winter ones. I think we need a menopausal Elsa. I think that would be scary. <laughs> uh, I I suppose it could. Um, I'm going to let you handle that one. <laughs> I think I have enough traditional monsters to, on my plate that I, I don't need to go there yet. But you enjoy that uncharted territory. Do you think that um, with Transworld um, adding the Christmas Expo or whatever it's called with with the Transworld, that that has encouraged a lot of haunters to venture into the Christmas haunts? No. <laughs> really? Uh, I, I, I don't think that that element is a significant factor in um, haunts designs do Christmas. I think that enough haunts have done holiday events and it's been successful. And I mean, I've got five haunts in my market that open, open up for uh, winter shows now. Uh, five. You know, you have a lot of options as to where you can go for a holiday show. You know, and if I wanted to drive, you know, within two hours, I could probably find four or five more. 
Um, so I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, I guess as a vendor, I don't get to see trans world. I don't even get to, I don't get to see the show floor. You know, I'm, I'm in my booth most of the time where I'm teaching classes. Um, why I'm excited about the Christmas stuff happening at trans world is that we have had unfocused R and D and we haven't even really had R and D for haunted houses and Halloween. I think as of this point, the R and D department of the haunted attraction industry is uh, Ed over at distortions and Kevin Alvey, you know, at Gorgalore. I mean, th- those guys, <laughs> they come up with a lot of new cool stuff. They're the R and D department. Whereas in Christmas, 95% of their R&D has been in lighting. We are so behind on lighting compared to what folks do for Christmas. Um, But now I think them cohabitating at the show, you're going to see better lighting uh, options for haunts. The companies that do the projector stuff for retail Christmas – are going to maybe have an option and a side and do some stuff for Halloween and haunted houses. Um, I, I think it's awesome because of the lighting info that we could get and piggyback off of, you know, 30 years of them just developing cooler and better lights. We haven't been doing that. I kind of like, um, I like taking some of the Christmas stuff and seeing how I can revamp it to use in the haunt. So I kind of like seeing some of the Christmas stuff um, and seeing how I can use it in in my haunt. Without doubt. I I have made little goblins out of, there's one animatronic that I see every year. And it's a little, it's a singing angel who holds a candle. You cannot kill those things. Like I'm convinced that that little animatronic would work underwater. I've had one that I've turned into a goblin and it has been in my monster museum for over 12 years. And it just runs nonstop all day, and it will not die. Um, but again, they have done the R the R D, and they've had, you know, things that are available commercially to the public that have to have a higher wear and tear standard than you know the stuff that we kind of make sometimes. Well, it'll it'll make it through the weekend. It'll make it through the season. You know. Um, so there's a little bit of that in what we have done. And I, I just, I think that both industries are going to grow because of that cohabitation. I'm shocked that there's a level of technology beyond windshield wiper motives, motors and peppers ghosts. It's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's, that's awesome. Basic first level stuff. Oh yeah. For and, past and, 40 and years. I, yeah. I love classics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's cool to see new takes and different things. Oh, it, it's absolutely phenomenal, and 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 how easy that they're making some of this stuff and to pull it through. I I don't think you know last year with the pandemic, as many haunts would have been able to do any type of drive through thing, which a lot of uh, the hayrides had to do, had it not been for uh, these drive through Christmas events that they had been doing for the past 10 years and stuff. I, I, I don't think it would have been possible without that foundation there to, to do some sort of turnaround that way. And, you know, some of the hayrides, which, you know, might've faced non-existence period, were able to at least do something in 2020 because of that foundation. 
uh, and and running a hayride itself, you know, there's there's some logistical challenges and things so to switching it over oh, to nice. their cars going through. Um, mm. But that that was a fascinating moment uh, to see all of those drive throughs pop up. And and yeah, people are used to driving through events for Christmas. Yeah. And, and the lighting, it, it is, it, we're so behind on it too. I, you know, just working out in the field and in, on a hayride and stuff, you know, a floodlight would just kill your electric power and stuff. We couldn't even do fog, um, machines out in a trail or on a hayride until stuff like LEDs became, um, cheaply available because it, you, you, you wouldn't be able to run it both without blowing something out every, uh, 20 minutes. Absolutely. Any other questions from the hosts here? Jim, anything? Um, no, I mean, as always, uh, Alan is very insightful when it comes to Krampus. And uh, all I can say is I'm hoping I can get to this uh, Krampus event uh, down in Cincinnati on th- this weekend. Well, we expect you to bring a recorder and hopefully video some of it and certainly talk to somebody because I think that would be just fascinating to, to talk to. That's my plan. Excellent. Uh, Alan, you, you've mentioned you've made, you know, many, many Krampus masks over the years. I know you recently conducted another one of your workshops at your, at your establishment at Stilt Beast. And, uh, I believe there was a mask or two that looked vaguely Krampus related. If it wasn't an actual Krampus mask being made, are people, when they come to your workshops that you hold, you know, several times a year, are they asking, you know, how do you specifically make a Krampus mask or, or some other specific type of monster? So yes, at, at my workshops, but also just, just every day. Um, a large portion of my day is dedicated to answering questions online. And right now, this time of year, it's where do you get horns for a Krampus? Where can I get hair for a Krampus mask? And lots of folks are making Krampus masks right now. Um, I'm actually kind of moving away from making Krampus masks themselves because enough people have picked it up. One of the things that I want to do is I want to fill holes in the industry, you know, and there was a hole of, I need a Krampus mask. So I sold them, you know, um, now that other people are doing that, I want to move on. I'm, I'm making nutcracker masks and, and gingerbread men and uh, all kinds of other fun characters. Nice. And I know you don't get to walk the floor at trans world, but um, especially since the movie came out in 15, there are several vendors out there that are making static Krampus figures or animatronic Krampus figures. And, and some of them are just absolutely frightening and, you know, spooky and, uh, they're doing fantastic jobs and, and filling those holes, as you said. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, a few years back there was the Halloween Productions Krampus, which sort of won the internet. It, it made a lot of the uh, the people at Transworld crazy because of the screaming kid animatronic that was with it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that going around. Oh, we we cannot forget those. I was and, I was and, a hall away, and I could still hear that kid. I was. I think that was in like row 400, 500, and I was in row 1300 and could still hear that thing. So we all suffered together with that one. Yes, it (laughs) it affected where I went to the bathroom because it wasn't fun to walk over on that side of the show. I'm like, I'll go to the bathroom over here on the other side. And and then they repurposed it to look like it, and then they repurposed it to look like something else, and, and I can barely contain my excitement as to what it's going to be next year. 
and it's screaming ah, in a high-pitched that, fashion. That it will be. But Alan, you bring up an interesting thing with all these masks and and you know answering questions. How do I do this? How do I do that? You know, I know it can be just as simple as you know some cardboard tubing and some aluminum foil and maybe some things like that. But if somebody wanted to, you know, really kind of go all out and decorate and create just this, you know, really, really high-end Krampus costume that they may be using for years to come, is there some must-haves that they need to have? Is there something that makes it, do you have to have the basket? Do you have to have the bells? Do you have to have the the brooms or the whips? Or, or, you know, the horns need to look a certain way. I mean, if if I wanted to create a Krampus outfit from scratch, what are some, or anybody out there, what what are some, what they must have that they should have when, when creating something? 100%, you have to have horns. The head has to have some hair on it. Um, the, the American style of Krampus tends to have a robe, and they're robed. And then uh, European style are all hairy. So, um, I would, and you have to have bells and you have to have horns and you got to have some hair. Other than that, it's pretty wide open. There's a lot of room for interpretation. Um, a a lot of folks just go with a Santa jacket and Santa pants and boots and then Krampus mask and, and hands. I mean, that's, that's possible. Um, I, I tend to build my look silhouette first. So if I want to stand out, I'll take 10 Krampus silhouettes and say, okay, what is in the same world as these guys, but a step above? And how do I make my silhouette better than theirs? And it's just that simple or that complicated, I guess. You can just don't, make it as... Don't make it difficult. Right. There's, there's, there's one that I follow on TikTok. I forget his name right now on TikTok and Instagram, but it's a Krampus. And what, what I just said about Silhouette, I, he popped into my head because he is all black. He is 100% black. And you just see some, you know, some light-colored teeth, and, and uh, I think he has glowing eyes. But he does a lot of funny TikToks and a lot of funny videos as this monster Krampus. But he's, he is all black. And that's a nice look. I hadn't seen an all-black Krampus before. Interesting. Any other questions from the host as we start winding down a little bit? Thing from me, Storm, Jonna, anything? No, I, th- I think we covered a lot, especially learning some new things. You know, Hitler's war on Krampus is, you know, my new takeaway for this year, if, which is always if you fun. don't like Krampus, then you agree with Hitler. <laughs> oh, that's got to be somebody's marketing slogan somewhere. Yeah, if you don't like Krampus, then you are on the same side as Hitler, literally. Oh, we have Godwind ourselves here in this roundtable. I love it. But Alan, you know, this is the kind, as we start winding down here, this is the part of the show we'd like to call the plugs. I know you are a very, very busy person with not only the haunted attraction, but your own studio. You run workshops, which I'm not sure if you're running any in the early part of the year, and you do YouTube videos and so much other things. For people wanting more information, first of all, Dark Hour will only be running a Halloween show next year. Is that correct? Yeah, well... Next year will be our Halloween show and our Wreck the Halls show because of how it falls. So this year, we do not have a Wreck the Halls show. Just the way the pandemic hit us, uh, I wanted a year of safety. Um, 
but so Dark Hour will be open again next Halloween. But that doesn't stop us from having a Krampus-filled event. Uh, we are having a Dark Winter Market in conjunction with the Mistletoe Market of Downtown Plano, uh, Dark Hour Haunted House, and the Krampus Society. All those kind of are joining forces to make this one little awesome area for spooky holiday stuff. So we'll have pictures with Krampus. We'll have a Toys for Tots toy drive. We'll have the Dark Winter Market. There'll, of course, be characters there and a uh, Winter Fairy and Krampus costume contest. And all of that is not this weekend, but the weekend after. I think it's the 11th and 12th. Is there a website or social media where people can get more information about that? Uh, The Dark Hour Facebook page is always a good place to go. Dark Hour Facebook and Instagram. Uh, And the Krampus Society Facebook page. You you guys should all go check that out and maybe follow the Krampus, because there is Krampus stuff from all over uh, on there. And it's Friday the 12th. Uh, it's Saturday, Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th, not the 12th. Saturday the 13th is when the costume contest is. And we're having the photos with Krampus uh, pretty much all day on Saturday and Sunday. Excellent. And for people wanting more informa- information about Still Be Studios and some of the workshop, will you be doing another make and take workshop for masks before Transworld? Um, we always try to go to trans world with slots open for one right now. The three that we have in between now and then are all sold out. Uh, they're already sold out, but, uh, we will set a time for, uh, classes next year. And so, so we always go to trans world with spots available. They may not last long, but we have them. (laughs) Excellent. And where can people get more information about that? Um, on Stilt Beast Studios, we have a newsletter, and uh, all of our class info goes out through that newsletter. StiltBeastStudios.com. And you're still doing the YouTube channel? I still have Stilt Beast Studios, the YouTube channel, which is uh, weekly edited videos, uh, bi-weekly, every other week edited videos. And then I also have a Stilt Beast Live channel where... We just turn the cameras on and uh, talk to people while we work in the shop and make stuff. I'll be going live right after this uh, broadcast, actually, normally on Mondays and Wednesday nights. So once again, folks, go to darkhourhauntedhouse.com for information on that, I believe. Or go to their Facebook page or their Instagram. Check out Stilt Beast Studios on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all the social medias. You can't go wrong with that. And look for information about that dark market. Where will that be happening in Plano? Uh, it is literally downtown Plano, McCall Stage. Is that just like an open area in the middle of town? It's their town square. Well, Alan Hops, it is always a delight to have you on. Your knowledge of this industry and of all things spooky is beyond compare to pretty much anybody else in the industry. We love the fact that you are thankfully able to take time out every now and then to speak to us here on the big scary show. Always a delight, sir. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now we also could not do this without our hosts, including storm. Like a ravine in the woods filled with FedEx packages. This episode is always a special treat. Oof. I know where you're talking. I know where you're going from that one. Also like to thank meat hook, Jim. Krampus. Check out some Krampus events this year. It's coming up this weekend. 
And, and again, we expect hopefully some video and audio from you, sir. Also want to thank the old crone, Jana, for her contributions. Hi. Um, I see coming to the Hallmark Channel next year where a young, beautiful executive leaves the big city and goes to a small town where she falls in love with the Krampus. And don't forget, there's always a dog. Of course. My name is Drew Badger. I just want to say we posted a couple of days ago up on our Facebook page, the Krampus Loft from Graz in, I believe, Austria from 2010. That is the first video where I was just astonished and immediately fell in love with Krampus. And I encourage everybody to go to our Facebook page and check out that video. It's on YouTube as well. Type in just Krampus Graz 2010. You will find it. It is like the best nine minutes that you will ever see. Once again, folks, this is the Round Table of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. I think the story Alan told at the beginning to us off air would make a better Hallmark uh, movie than a Krampus movie. To be honest, I agree. Uh, Absolutely. Looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Midnight Syndicate. God rest ye merry gentlemen. In the Big Scary Show.
This is a special haunt industry announcement. We are pleased to inform you of the 2022 Fear Expo, which is a live in-person trade show taking place at the Owensboro Convention Center in Owensboro, Kentucky. The show will start on January 21st, 2022 and end on January 23rd, 2022. This trade show promises to be highly interesting and informative, including three knowledge-filled days of haunt master classes and truly amazing haunt industry vendors from all over the country. You can also expect loads of fun with after-hour events, like the Friday night rock party with live bands and Mr. Hyde's alter ego costume bash on Saturday night. There will also be a nightmare networking session, a haunt tour, and more. Best news of all for the vendors, your first 10 by 10 booth is free, so it would be wise to plan ahead and lock in your space now. And for the haunt owners, admission is free if pre-ordered or $25 at the door. For more information, visit FearExpoLive.com. That's FearExpoLive.com. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And it is December, but I'm not done with spooky beers, and I may not be for a while. Telltale Heart IPA from Raven Beer, contract brewed by Peabody Heights Brewing Company in Baltimore, Maryland. You open the fridge, look into the other room at your friends. Will they know? You reach in and pull out the beer. Your heart begins to thump too loudly, it seems, within your chest. They will hear it. Then they'll know what you're hiding they'll know you're not sharing the IPA. A beer to match your thumping heart on All Hallows Eve, this beer is named for Poe's famous story. This IPA brings pine and citrus to a Halloween evening with enough bittering to keep any hop monster at bay. And if not in the mood for an IPA, check out the rest of Raven Beer's lineup. Each is named for a Poe's story and particularly suited for Halloween. This is an American IPA with an ABV of 7.25%, IBUs of 50. The hops are Bravo, Chinook, Simcoe, and Citra. The malts are a two-row pale, Dark Munich, and Caramalt. What makes it special? An IPA named for Poe who can resist. The Halloween pairing is Sour Gummy Rooms. Suggested glass, IPA glass or snifter, and it is available year-round. Next on the list, White Zombie from Catawba Brewing Company in Morganton, North Carolina. The dead will rise at the sight of this light Halloween seasonal. Catawba Brewing has gone against the grain and made their October seasonal a style no one even remotely associates with your type of scary imagery, and that's what makes this beer so special. Your guests, including zombies, won't know what to make of this fruity pale brew. Hints of coriander spice and light hopping will keep the guests guessing long enough for you to figure out which ones are undead. The style is a wit beer with an ABV of 5.1%. What makes it special? It's a wit beer Halloween seasonal. Who does that? Halloween pairing? 
orange jelly beans. Suggested glass, Pilsner or Tulip, and it is available year-round. And rounding out this episode of Between the Corpses, 13th Hour from the Boston Beer Company in Boston, Massachusetts. Upon the 13th Hour she comes, she is an unexpected visitor searching those who are not drinking the darkness of the witching hour. Though her flights are year-round, pay special attention upon your Halloween libations. You don't want to be caught drinking something she disapproves of. The 13th hour is a blended Belgian strong dark that matches the complexities of those things hidden within the night. Funk and fruit, bitter chocolate and coffee, oak and vanilla, all finds its place in this delightful witch's brew. The style is a Belgian strong dark with an ABV of 9%, IBUs of 17. The hops are Hallertau and Mittelfrusch, the malts are Sam Adams Two Row Pale Malt Blend, Caramel 60, Munich Special B, and Caraf 3. What makes it special? Blended with Cosmic Mother Funk. Halloween pairing? Interesting enough, Skittles. Suggested glass is a snifter, and it is available year-round. Well, that rounds it out for this episode of Between the Corpses. Enjoy these special brews if you get a chance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Passion is what drives us. The passion to be the best. For over 10 years, that passion has taken us from eBay to becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And... We are just getting started. From flex props to nine foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com. Now that's creepy. There's a deserted theater down by the pier. And if you value your life, you won't go there. Or up in the balcony and down every row, a killer with a knife roams ready to strike in the Flesh and Blood Show. They were young and beautiful actors and actresses. But little did they know they would meet a deadly fate in the Flesh and Blood Show. Ah, those young people of Shakespeare and love, they thought they knew all there was to know. Behind the scenes, a killer awaited them in the Flesh and Blood Show. So you brave and bold moviegoers, listen to me when I tell you what you ought to know. That the most chilling experience of your life will occur when you see the Flesh and Blood Show. The Flesh and Blood Show, brought to you by EVI in color, rated R. Come, my little neophytes, and sit by the fire. It's time to ask the old crone. (laughs) Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither were great haunted attractions. So once you're done laying on the couch recovering from holiday overload, it's a great time to pick up a pen, notebook, and a calendar and get to work planning haunt season 2022. 
I like to get a one-page calendar to give me a full view of the year ahead. You can download and print one out for free off the internet. Next, colored highlighters can be fun, children. I like to use orange to highlight the nights I plan to have my haunt open. Yellow for the building and teardown dates. I like to use green for those events that's going to cost me money, like trade shows. Doing your calendar now will help with time management. Yes, yes, I know there's never enough time. But it's also going to help cut down on time conflicts with work and family events. So now that your calendar is laid out, it's time to plan your budget. When you're working on a tight budget, it helps to have a list of what items you will need to purchase for the upcoming season. I put everything into two categories, the musts and the wants. By the way, this works great with teaching kids how to budget and keep them from wanting everything in the store. But I digress. Must are those things you know you simply must buy before the next season in order to open. And I list everything from spray paint to wood screws to duct tape. And don't forget to replenish the makeup supplies and band-aids because there's always someone bleeding. And be sure you allocate part of your budget for advertising too. We can't forget that. Then you have the wants. Now this is the fun list. You've already started getting ideas for new scares, new floor plans, new characters. All of those improvements and changes will take new supplies. And prioritize these in case money or time runs short. Every haunter has things that didn't get done this year, but it'll make it on the list for next. I've learned to budget a certain dollar amount that I'm going to dedicate to the haunt each month. I use this money to purchase all those things through the year. So come September, I'm not spending it all at once. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I still spend ton of money during setup, but not as bad now that I'm doing some of my purchasing early. And another money saver is have an idea of what you're looking for when you go to trade shows. This will help cut down on impulse purchases on things that may not even fit with your theme. I admit I'm envious of those haunts that go to Transworld and have the budget to drop thousands of dollars in one weekend. But let's be honest, most of us have a money and a time budget that must be closely monitored. And the best way to do that is to plan. Well, the fire is burning down, children. But before I go, I want to remind you that if you have any questions or any topic suggestions or comments for Ask the Old Crone. Send them to me at scream at com. Until then, don't forget to stir the cauldron. <laughs> Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Midnight Syndicate.
Christmas at midnight on the Big Scary Show. Dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com.
As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios, Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Creepy Collection, and Von Teron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse, as well as the Forga hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, Rabbit Badger, Org. Meet Hook Jim. Check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com. And Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist. JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.